The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market Radio Show, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's show, we're talking about a unique treatment. We're welcoming back Dr. Sawson to talk about treating illness through intravenous cell therapy. You don't want to miss this. They can help cancer patients, drug and alcohol abusers, and even babies with autism. Plus, we're going to get some more late summer produce tips from John and give you another chance to win a $100 gift card. So listen carefully to the code word this week. But first up, we're joined today by another prominent physician when it comes to alternative medicine. Dr. Alan Sawson is the founder and medical director of the Institute for Progressive Medicine, and he's been practicing medicine for over 40 years. He is also an associate clinical professor at UC Irvine Medical Center and a certified Defeat Autism Now physician. His institute treats people of all ages through comprehensive state-of-the-art new medicine techniques. And we welcome him to the Mother's Radio Show. Dr. Sawson, how are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me, Kim. Thank you. Well, today we're talking about something a lot of people may not be familiar with, including myself, and that's using nutritional intravenous therapy for chronic medical conditions. It sounds complicated, so it's a good thing you're here to explain to everything to us, Dr. Sasson. So why don't you explain to us what that means? Well, people are used to taking vitamins and minerals and amino acids by mouth, which is fine, and I do it every day, and I have many patients doing it every day. But sometimes when you have a person who has more of an illness going on, something that requires a stronger treatment. We will give intravenous vitamins, minerals, and amino acids through a vein in the forearm. So a person just lies down in a Barca lounger type chair and takes a nap for about an hour to an hour and a half, and these vitamins and other nutrients get infused into the vein over that period of time. It's a very easy treatment, and it bypasses the gastrointestinal tract, so you don't have to worry about those kinds of side effects and a very effective treatment for many different kinds of situations. People who have infections, urinary infections, respiratory infections, people who are going to go in for operations, I recommend that always for people who are going to have heart surgery or joint replacement surgery or any other kind of surgery, get yourself an immune drip, which is what we call it, first, and that will help you get through the operation with fewer side effects, fewer complications, faster recovery time, and less pain. What kind of uh, conditions would benefit from IV therapies? I know you just mentioned some of them of what it does, but what what conditions? Well, we use intravenous therapies for many kinds of problems. Basically, you can approach any medical problem with intravenous nutrient therapy. It just depends what you're dealing with. But people with heart disease, for instance, uh, we use things like chelation therapy, which Mm -hmm. has been around for 50 years. But we found to be very effective in treating people with heart disease with angina, coronary artery disease, those kinds of things. Uh, We use something called Plaquex therapy, which is an infusion of phosphatidylcholine. That's a type Mm -hmm. of fat that the body uses in the heart, in the brain, in the liver. But phosphatidylcholine itself is also very beneficial for people with heart disease. So a lot of times we will alternate the chelation therapy, which is a way of giving vitamins and minerals and taking out heavy metals. Hmm. As people know that heavy metals are implicated in the development of heart disease. We alternate that therapy with this Plaquex therapy, the phosphatidylcholine therapy, and folks use these ongoing for months and sometimes years. I have numerous patients who have been able to avoid invasive cardiac approaches by doing these treatments. I was just going to ask you that, what, the, the, what your rate is of uh, the folks that that's, you've helped out with that, with heart disease. 
Well, it depends what's going on with the individual. Sometimes people will come in and say, I have angina and the doctor wants to do a procedure on mm -hmm. me and I don't want to do the procedure. How can I handle that? Mm -hmm. So we'll go after all the different methods of handling heart disease, you know, getting the blood pressure down, using natural means, getting cholesterol down, reducing stress, getting them on the right nutritional program. What's the right stuff to eat? What do I stay away from? And we'll put in chelation therapy and phosphatidylcholine therapy, intravenous therapies as a way of helping that along, making things go better. So I've had patients who have been able to avoid therapy, avoid invasive therapies, and who have had invasive therapy. Some of them have had bypass surgery. Some of them have had stents put in, but now their symptoms are back. And they've gone through that already, and they don't want to do it again. So what's my option now, doc? And I say, well, these are your options. And a lot of times people will be able to do those procedures with us and not need the other procedures that are invasive and potentially dangerous. Very good. Well, what, uh, now what about uh, acute infection or immune conditions? Well, we okay. see people who have colds, bronchitis, pneumonia, urinary tract infections, different kinds of infections. I've seen skin infections. All of these things are amenable to treatment with intravenous nutrients. The main thing that's in there is high-dose vitamin C. Vitamin C, as Linus Pauling has put out over the years, is very effective for reducing infections and helping people get over infections. So we'll give infusions of vitamin C in a dose of 25,000 milligrams, sometimes higher than that, just to get over infections. And it's very effective. People have, you know, responded more quickly than they did without it. And I've had several myself over the years, and it's very helpful. And again, you're able to bypass the gastrointestinal tract. So 25 grams of vitamin C, which would give most people diarrhea, mm -hmm. won't do that if you're getting it intravenously. There's no gastrointestinal effect. Wow. What, the rate of cancer is amazing, the percentage of people getting cancer. What, what can you do for cancer with that intravenous therapy? Cancer incidence just seems to be going up and up. I don't know what the official figures are for each of the cancers, but what we see in the office is kind of scary. Mm. And every week, you know, something else comes in, and it, it, it seems that the people who are getting cancer are younger. I know. Oh. And uh, they have pretty serious cancers. Mm -hmm. Chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery are the major approaches, and we agree that those things should be used. I know it's very controversial. I know that chemotherapy makes a lot of people sick, and radiation does the same thing, and the surgery is difficult. And none of these treatments are 100%. So a lot of times they don't work, and the person still has the cancer. We use the intravenous therapies as an adjunct, so it helps. You know, I think actually that's a very important point that you say that you still use that. Uh, I mean, you believe in the chemotherapy and the radiation because I think there's a myth out there that if you're doing a different type of medicine and with that supplements and the intravenous, I think people think that they're, you're completely opposed uh, is what it's either one way or the other. But so that's interesting that you say that, you know, if it's, especially if it's as far along as the cancer is or depending on the person, their makeup, um, that, that, you're not opposed to chemo and radiation along with the adjunct, as you say. No, I think that all of these things should be used. They're, again, knowing that chemotherapy is dangerous and that it's difficult and people have a hard time handling mm -hmm. it, and the same with radiation. Still, I have seen many people who benefited from them. I've seen mm -hmm. a lot of people, women with breast cancer, who were able to completely get over the cancer, and they have nothing of the cancer left, so they've, they've uh -huh. done well. But because the treatments are difficult and sometimes patients cannot tolerate them. Mm -hmm. So you're in the middle of chemotherapy and you can't go on because there's too much vomiting going on, too much weight loss, mm -hmm. too much misery. They just can't do it. If they get the immune drips, while that process is going on, they can tolerate it better and they can get through it. 
plus the immune drips, as we call them, help the body fight the cancer. Hmm. Now, there's a, uh, an idea in, in the minds of many cancer doctors that if you feed a person with nutrients who's getting chemotherapy or radiation, you're at the same time feeding the cancer so the treatment won't work. And I have many patients coming in who are told, I'm not supposed to take vitamins, I'm not supposed to do IVs with you because it's gonna keep the cancer treatment from working. And I totally disagree with that. There's a lot of information out there. There have been studies that have been done. And the people who die from cancer largely die from malnutrition and infection. Hmm. They're not even dying from the cancer itself. They're dying from the side effects of the cancer and the side effects of the treatment for cancer. So if you can boost the person up, maintain their nutrition, maintain the vitamins and the minerals and the things that they need to keep their bodies working mm -hmm. and keep their immune systems working, they'll handle the cancer better and they'll be able to maintain their chemotherapy, radiation, whatever it is, without having to stop. So I, I think they all are necessary and I think that one supports the other. Oh, that's excellent advice. What about liver disease and other conditions, uh, neurological? We have, there's so many symptoms of uh, chronic illnesses out there. What else can this uh, intravenous therapy do? Well, liver disease is certainly very common. We have uh, three or four million people in the United States with hepatitis C, mm. which is the most common type of liver disease, maybe aside from alcohol, which is mm. awfully common. But you can use intravenous nutrients as a way of getting a person through liver disease and helping them recover from it. We had a fellow come in about a year ago who was uh, addicted to alcohol and had been drinking for over 20 years and having a very successful life. He was making a lot of money and very successful, but drinking. And then finally the alcohol caught up with him mm -hmm. and he went into liver failure. Oh. He wasn't in coma, but his belly was all blown up and his legs were swollen and his liver basically wasn't functioning much at all. His bilirubin was high, his face was getting yellow. Mm -hmm. And he came in to get off the alcohol, which we did. And then we maintained him with a very potent intravenous nutrient therapy program along with oral supplements. So he was getting this phosphatidylcholine, which as I mentioned for heart is effective, but also effective for liver. Along with that, he was getting folinic acid, which is a type of folic acid, and he was getting glutathione, which is a major sort of detoxifier and um, antioxidant. So glutathione we use for many different things, and I'm sure many of your listeners will be familiar with it and probably use it. Uh, so he was getting that on a weekly basis, one, two, three times a week. At one point, he insisted on coming in every day wow. to get these treatments. But the result of that was one year later, uh, his liver is a little bit big, and the rest of him is fine. There is no trace of liver disease. Mm. His albumin level, which is a major protein that the liver makes, which was as low as 2.5, mm. which is pretty low, went up to 4.1, which is completely normal. So his liver... Wow although I wouldn't say it's perfect, is, is functional for him, and he has no symptoms. And at one point he was told, you're going to die from this. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Has he stopped drinking? He stopped <laughs> <Hopefully>. drinking. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that was important. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's good to know. Uh, what about neurological de deficits? You can use intravenous therapies for neurologic diseases. Mm -hmm. uh, we've used them for Parkinson's disease. Mm -hmm. I've used it for amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. We use chelation therapy sometimes for recovery from stroke, and that has been useful. And that phosphatidylcholine therapy, also good for recovery from stroke. I wish I could say we've had more success with Parkinson's disease and, and those kinds of diseases, but those are very difficult to deal with. And I've seen some improvements in some people. Uh, it's not as good as I would like it to see, and we're working on 
moving those along and maybe having them be more efficacious. But right now it's difficult. But I would say that people who have strokes uh, and results from strokes with you know weaknesses in arms and legs and speech uh, can definitely improve with these other therapies. Um, there's one other treatment that is not an intravenous treatment, which we also use for strokes and for heart disease, which is called external counterpulsation. Hmm. We have a machine in the next room that where you apply these inflatable cuffs to the arms and the legs, you blow them up with air sequentially with the cardiac cycle. It forces blood into the heart wow. and forms new circulation in the heart. So you can create a bypass without doing bypass surgery and people's chest pain goes away. The same treatment increases blood flow to the brain and helps the brain recover from stroke. Wow. So we use it for both of those things in addition to peripheral vascular disease for folks who have difficulty walking because of pain because the circulation in their legs is reduced, the same treatment increases flow. And a lot of times we'll use this external counterpulsation along with chelation therapy and they're very effective together. Oh my goodness, well that's interesting. You talked a little bit about uh, what you've done for the liver and with the um, alcohol effects. What about uh, drug detoxification and the elimination of drug abuse in the body? Our practice works a lot with drug detoxification. It's one of the things that I'm very interested in. So we get people off recreational drugs. We mm -hmm. get them off alcohol. We also get them off psychiatric drugs, which in my opinion are vastly overutilized in our society and people don't want to be on them. A lot of people come in and say, how do I get off of this drug? My doctor has me on three psychiatric drugs. How do I get off? Mm. I say, it's going to take some time. And we work on a gradually decreasing schedule. So over a period of weeks and sometimes months, the dosage of these drugs is, is reduced. Dosages are reduced. At the same time, we're using intravenous therapies, these immune drips, these phosphatidylcholine drips. We have other infusions that we use with different amino acids because amino acids have been shown to improve depression, improve anxiety, and help people get off drugs that they're taking. So. It's the psychiatric drugs, it's cocaine, it's amphetamines, it's all of the street drugs that you see, heroin, um, narcotics, all of those things are drugs we try to get people off of and we're very successful with it using this combination of therapies. Wow, that's very interesting and this is such an interesting topic. There's so much more to learn and, uh, from Dr. Sawson, so please stay with us, we'll be right back. Looking for healthier snack options? Mother's Market sources organic and non-GMO small batch, high quality, great tasting nuts, dried fruits, snacks, and candy. The goal? To provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value. Fan favorites include non-GMO peanut butter pretzel bites, organic dried mango slices, and organic dark chocolate peanut clusters. Stop into your local Mother's Market today to explore all the varieties and pick some up to try for yourself. Let's talk menstruation, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. These shouldn't be taboo topics. They're the normal life phases we move through as women. And Solaray delivers support every step of the way with Her Life Stages. The first of its kind comprehensive new supplement line offers doctor formulated solutions at each stage with clinically backed ingredients you can count on. Own the stage. Buy Solaray at Mother's Market today. Welcome back to the Mother's Market Radio Show, and we want to take time to remind you that if you missed any portion of today's show, you can download the podcast from our website, mothersmarket.com. 
Click the link for radio podcast and listen to our shows. Plus, you can also download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons. All available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with Dr. Sassen. Today we're talking about nutritional intravenous therapy for chronic medical conditions. And first, also I wanted to ask you to describe how IV therapy is administered and what is involved with the treatment with the drip. Intravenous nutrients is a really easy treatment. All a person has to do is lie down in one of our very comfortable chairs, go to sleep, needles inserted into the arm, and it's very tiny needle that we use, and they just lie there for an hour to an hour and a half, depending on which IV we're using, and then it's over with. We usually ask people to eat something before they come in because some of the nutrients tend to lower the blood sugar. Mm. So if you have... uh, piece of fruit or a small snack or something before you come in or a meal, then that, you know, sometimes makes things go a little bit better. You know what? That almost is a recipe for, you know what? When life is so stressful, come and take a break with Dr. Sawson and get some of the nutrients in there too. It actually sounds brilliant. Some people do that, you know, <laughs> yeah. they turn off the cell phone. Don't mm-hmm. bother me. I'm getting medical care, you know, <laughs> yeah, they're just lying down good. there and getting pres- their intravenous vitamins and nobody bothers them. That's wonderful. How often, <laughs> I'm, I'm interested. I want to sign up. How often, or I don't know if it's many times a week or how often should they be coming in while they're into this? It depends what's going on with the person. If someone is getting treatment for cancer and we're doing high-dose vitamin C, we'll have them come in usually two or three times a week, mm-hmm. and that's usually before or after the chemotherapy or radiation that they're getting. And other people, depends what's going on. We have people come in who are going for a trip to China. You know, it's going to be stressful. It's going to take three weeks. Mm-hmm. Build me up. I don't want to get sick. So we'll have them come in once or even twice before they go on their trip, preferably as close to the trip as they can. And that builds them up so they, you know, get through their trip without getting sick. People who are going to have surgery like um, anything. I mean, it could be a big operation, could be a small operation. I've had people come in who were going to do aortic surgery on the entire aorta. Mm -hmm. And they came in for a couple of months getting built up before the operation. And the purpose of that was so that they would survive the operation and do well. And they did. So it's very helpful for any kind of surgical procedure. And um, off the radio, we were talking about even if you were in a car accident, when your body goes into shock, I mean, that's just an extra protection to make sure that we're still receiving the nutrients for life stresses. Anything that stresses the body can result in illness. So we have people who come in with marital problems. We have people who have been in car accidents. We've had folks who fell down the stairs. Almost anything that occurs in life that gets you upset and you know, makes you feel sick can literally make you sick. You know, heart attacks are well known to be a consequence of emotional stresses. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, rather than go on antidepressants all your life, you know, why not do some things that reduce those stresses? And we have a lot of work done in helping people do that, and the immune drips are part of that. You know, I have a couple of questions for you. And first of all, how old do you have to be to begin your immune drips? I know you talked about uh, people getting on drugs and with ADHD so rampant and it seems like the physicians seem to um, administer the drugs to kids so young. Do you, what is your age limit for the drips? Well, we see kids with autism mm-hmm. and other neurological problems. So we've done intravenous therapies on children even one and two years old. Wow. And, you know, it's a different kind of material that you put in there. You're working with lower doses. You're working with specified nutrients. And they have all done well as well with the infusions. We really have not had problems with them. Our nurses are expert in finding veins in little kids. Mm. So we've treated autistic kids and other children with these IVs, different IVs for them. 
But I've had patients come in who were 80, 90, and one fellow 100 years old getting these infusions as well. And again, it's specifically for what's going on with that individual. So we will individualize dosages of vitamin C, of glutathione, of all the things that are in there based on what's going on with the person. Someone who comes in who's coming off drugs Mm -hmm. uh, will be given different preparations. So we'll use higher doses of amino acids like tryptophan and other ones that tend to quiet people down, calm them, reduce withdrawal symptoms. I have a fellow who has been coming in after a surgical procedure that resulted in a very bad infectious complication. He got an abscess at the site of surgery. Mm. He's been coming in for infusions. And again, the vitamin C with the magnesium and the zinc and the other things we put in there help that person heal. So they, they do better. What would you say to somebody coming in for the first time, and uh, what would you say to them? And also, do you run a blood panel first to make sure to check it individually? We always like to know what's going on in the body before Mm -hmm. we start with our infusion. So everybody has blood studies done. Either they come in with the results they already have, or we will do tests on them. So we'll find out what is kidney function, what is liver function. A lot of times we'll find things that the person didn't know they had. Uh, but we always want to know what's going on in the body before we start an infusion. One, to make sure it's the right infusion, and two, to make sure it's going to be safe. Uh, You have to know what the kidney function is like. It Mm -hmm. determines what dosages that you use and different things like that. A lot of times we will measure vitamin C levels. Say a person's getting treated for cancer, and it's known in the literature that vitamin C actually can suppress the growth of certain cancers. So we will measure vitamin C levels after the infusion to decide are we reaching as high a level as we need to. Mm-hmm. And then if it's not high enough, we'll raise the dose the next time until we get what we need. So we're pretty careful at regulating what people receive. I should mention that everything is done in a totally sterile environment. So everything is clean and we don't run into problems with infections and the IVs are generally well tolerated. Uh, adverse reactions, which usually consist of minor allergic reactions to something in the IV are very uncommon and people generally do quite well. Because it's all really natural, the supplements that you're putting in. I mean, this is... Right, we're not putting in drugs. I mean, mm-hmm. every once in a while, someone comes in with pneumonia, and I will give them intravenous antibiotics. But we're not giving, in general, these powerful medical drugs. We're basically working with nutrients. Wow, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Sassen, and we look forward to having you on again. And in the meantime, you can catch more of Dr. Sassen on his website, iprogressivemed.com, and learn more about his passion for alternative medicine and the other great things he's involved with. We look forward to our next visit. We're rolling through this week's Mother's Market radio show, but stay with us. We recently caught up with John from Produce, and we asked him how the unseasonably cold weather has affected this year's crop. You know, it's kind of 50-50. Um, for guys that are typically in, a, in an area that crops are ending, they're able to produce longer. Strawberries like a little bit of cold weather. Too hot, the strawberry size goes down, the sugar improves, but it ends the production of a lot faster. So there will be some guys that are in areas that are able to produce longer, some guys that are trying to start their crops slower. So it's kind of a 50-50 mixed bag on that. I would say that um, the California market has hurt uh, on its normal crops like green beans and tomatoes. These type things have taken forever to get going in California. So you're still seeing Mexican tomatoes on the market in July. That's not that great of a sign. Normally our crops would kick in around June and start producing, but it's been way too cold. So the planting gaps do happen and the product 
comes off much slower. So we have to pull from other areas. So, you know, it, it's kind of hit and miss. Some guys are going to come in and say, wow, look at my product because normally I'm 100 degrees right now and I'm only 80 and this is perfect for our area. But then when you move north to, let's say, Watsonville, well, Watsonville has been extremely cold, okay? On the other hand, it should be like 85, 90 degrees right now, and it's 65, and it's windy and, and cold. But sometimes it all wraps up at once because the season straightens out. Um, everything matures at once. Growers try to stagger, and that's how they do it. You know, somebody comes in and goes, well, you have that peach you had three weeks ago. And I said, well, no, we've moved on. The variety is different. There's not just one peach orchard that a guy goes out and picks. He grows many varieties, and there's an early variety, there's a middle, and there's a late season. Okay, and all these are, are um, you know, set to bloom at different times of year. But on the crops end of the deal, like let's say broccoli, well, he'll start one field. And then two weeks later, he'll start another field. And then two weeks, so he staggers his crop so he can work through one as the next one's maturing and then he gets into the next field. Well, that timing is all based on nature, but also the idea of the farmer and knowing his crop, knowing his land, looking ahead of the weather and saying, hey, this is how we're gonna do it. Well, let's just say he's growing one crop and he's trying to go and plant another one. The weather's not so good, it rains. Well, that can put a good weak gap in there. And that's where your price fluctuations come into because there's not much available. Well, there's not much available, I talked about pressure, a lot of pressure, okay? Then that product could double in price, just like that out of nowhere. And it's, you know, to, to be able to gauge that, that's very difficult. It'd be like gauging the stock market to say, hey, this is what the value is going to be next week. And I can tell you right now, it doesn't work that way. So the this is very difficult for these growers to figure this out. So what, what they're trying to not accomplish is a glut because then the volume drops, okay? Everything's ready at once. They just like to have an even kill supply, good good quality, and, and um, a decent price for them. If you've ever enjoyed the delicious food inside our kitchen, you may have tried this dressing. Now you can make it yourself. Sesame Miso Dressing by Mother's Marketing Kitchen. Two teaspoons sesame seeds toasted, two teaspoons mustard seeds toasted, one quarter cup sesame oil, one half cup brown rice vinegar, one cup water, two tablespoons mellow white miso, two tablespoons green onion sliced, one half ounce arami seaweed, one teaspoon wasabi powder, one tablespoon garlic minced, one tablespoon ginger minced. And first, in a dry saute pan, you wanna to lightly toast your sesame and mustard seeds until they brown. They will begin to pop, and that takes approximately two minutes. Next, remove them from the heat and place in a bowl. Add oil, vinegar, and whisk until blended, approximately two minutes. You combine the miso with the water and mix together. You add it to the oil and vinegar with the remaining ingredients and whisk two minutes. This is great over salads, pastas, stir fries, or as a dip. This is Sesame Miso Dressing by Mother's Marketing Kitchen, and those ingredients can be found at our market. Thanks for listening to the Mother's Market Radio Show and for shopping at Mother's Market.